Have you ever met someone who looked forward to getting a shot at the doctor's office? Probably not. How about a nine-year-old? Today's guest has a reason why he felt and still feels that way. Prosperity includes resiliency, tenacity, and discipline. This is Prosperity and Something Greater. Hello, everyone. This is Rem Jackson. In today's episode, I interview Dr. Peter Wishney, who is my friend and my business partner. He's a practice management consultant, a leadership coach, and the director of physician programming for the Top Practices Virtual Practice Management Institute. He's also a practicing podiatrist. He runs arguably one of the best run medical practices in the country, if not the best. And today he shares his perspective experience, and thoughts on prosperity and something greater. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of Prosperity and Something Greater. And today is a great day for me because I have one of the people I respect most in the world, my friend, my colleague, my partner, Dr. Peter Wishney, who is a practicing podiatrist in Piscataway, New Jersey, and other locations. And he's an author. He just released his new book, The Podiatry Business Solution. He's a leadership coach. He is a mentor and a guide to so many people. And you know, if he's anything beyond all of that, he's one of the people that I really wanted to talk to about how he sees this concept of prosperity. And I'm on a sort of a mission here to take a look at what is prosperity? How do prosperous people see it, define it, how they get there? What do they see as the ways that they try to achieve more or past as I said before, into something greater. So first of all, Peter, welcome to the podcast. I am thrilled you're here. Same here, Rem. Thank you so much for having me. It's, it's an honor, real honor. Thank you. And by the way, it sounds great to be called an author. That was a, uh, on my bucket list and for a long time and finally getting it done. It's funny to hear, but it's great to hear. Yeah. <laughs> and having had this similar experience myself recently, I, I have to agree with you. It is. It's uh it's the achievement of a of a long-held goal, and I think both of us realized that the reason we weren't authors yet is writing a book's not easy, and we got some help. In fact, Nancy Erickson, the book professor that helped both of us in the crafting of our books, is going to be one of my guests on this because Nancy's also got, I believe, a just a wonderful view on life and and her perspective on prosperity is something I'm really interested in. So, so Peter, I want to give you a moment here now. You've heard me trying to get at this definition so far of prosperity, but how do you define prosperity for you? A great question. And most people think about prosperity, I think they might be thinking of money and wealth and finances, and that's part of what I think of. But I truly 
think of building a legacy, leaving something for your children and not only for them and for the people who um, you might lead, but, and it's just, it's not money. It's money, it's wealth, it's health. It's the way you live your life on a daily basis, showing your own family that you can be whatever you want to be and handle all the obstacles in life because they will have obstacles. And um, no matter what happens and what's thrown at you, you're going to overcome them and not only make it, but you're going to thrive and succeed. And I think that's the that's how I look at prosperity. It's really just an attitude towards life, I think. And why I find this topic so interesting is that it encompasses, you know, success. It encompasses financial wealth, emotional health, physical health, and and it all kind of packs into this. And, you know, if you even think about it, like with countries, why are some countries prosperous and others less so? And that list of, of countries and their level of prosperity is actually sometimes kind of surprising. I'd like to get a little bit about your story and what brought you to career path, that defining moment or event that brought you to where you are right now in your life. Okay. So when I was in, uh, when I was nine years old, I think that's about fifth grade. I missed 40 days of school because of my asthma, even with missing school, you know, my, my best friend from school, my mother would always bring homework home for me to do. And I didn't miss a year. There was a time they thought that I would have to like be held back, but I made it through fifth grade and kept on going. But at that moment, in when I was nine years old, I wanted to become a doctor, actually a pediatrician, because going to the pediatrician always made me feel better. And that feeling of making someone else feel better was like, wow, this is just great. You know, you just you go to the doctor, it gives you a a magic potion, the elixir that actually helps you. And and what a great feeling to help someone. So since nine years old, I wanted to be a doctor and I went through high school and did great in high school and college. I learned more about being a pediatrician and decided, well, you know what? Kids are great. Parents, not always so. I mean, even in my own practice, you see they actually, uh, sometimes they're scary. They They actually put fear in their own kids. And plus the hours that pediatricians hold and getting cold in the middle of the night, it wasn't kind of lifestyle I wanted, but I still wanted to help people. And my guidance counselor said, well, think about podiatry. And my next door neighbor, my father's good friend, was a podiatrist. And I went to his office and I observed what he did. And from that moment, I said, well, this is what I want to do. But I always wanted to be a doctor since I was nine years old. And lo and behold. Here I am. I think that's just great. In your book, you actually say you liked getting shots because it helped and, you know, and who likes getting injections? But, you know, you were like, I'm going to yeah. feel so much better. Yeah, I was, I was like, I remember my, when I went to the pediatrician, he would say to me, no, now look outside the window. Mickey Mouse is outside the window. And I would look at him and go, nope, he's not outside the window. And, and I will look at my arm. I like I look at the needle, look at the needle going into my skin without any fear. And it was like, yeah, let's do it. It's great. Well, that sure helped you along the way, I'm sure. So, well, that's great. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so now we all have these challenges and obstacles that we face. So can you share 
what do you do to deal with your challenges? What is it? What are your challenges that you have right now on your daily journey? What can trip you up? So we all have challenges and obstacles, of course. But when you say trip me up, I do things as long as I do them on a daily basis. I am actually prepared mentally to have a great day. I actually have an affirmation card that says, no matter what comes my way, I will be able to handle it and take care of it. That doesn't mean that I've never been tripped up. I've been tripped up many, many times. I'm I'm divorced. Uh, still paying alimony after 10 years, going through that divorce and handling all these attorneys and court orders. And that's causing financial you know, unrest and getting letters from vendors, you know, not paying the bills at times. So I was like in training <laughs> during the early part of my divorce on how to handle all kinds of obstacles. And you know what? It's um, something that I, I've learned that no matter what happens now, I know I could handle it. And there are things I do on a daily basis that allows me for that. Now, as a, a doctor, as an owner, who handles a team, a staff, things can happen any moment. You think you're having a great day, and next thing you know is your key employee decides to leave, someone becomes pregnant, or just anything that can happen. And I am like prepared for that. Right now we're going through uh, you know COVID-19, and that's something no one prepares for. But you know what? I had to sit down and think and put an action plan together and know that some people might not like that action plan. Some people say thank you, but you have to do as a leader, a leader of the, your team and your business, you have to do what's good, not only for yourself, but for the whole organization. And knowing that I'm doing the best I can, then that's all you can do and have a plan and don't crawl up in a corner to have a plan and take action. Well, I absolutely love that because that is very similar to my top goal every day is to have a great day. That's my goal. I smile in the morning. Let's have a great day. And when it becomes the most important thing, then you just deal with everything else and that doesn't consume you or cause you to get all you know, off track. And so, Peter, this is the hardest part, I think, about this kind of prosperous mindset is What's the top thing that you do? And and this is fun for me to talk to you because, you know, of all the people I know, you have a couple characteristics. One is you have a very strong bias towards action. If we're in a meeting, somebody shares a really good idea, you are generally, I mean, I'll say, boy, that's something you ought to do. You're like, I already emailed Jessica. We're on it. <laughs> You'll have this stuff done by the time your plane lands, whenever you get back to where you're headed. You have a very strong bias towards action, but you're also very disciplined extremely disciplined in following the strategies that make you healthy and wealthy and wise. And so what would you say is the top strategy that you use to keep you heading in the right direction and not just, you know, slipping into those old habits, which we all can do? Right. This is something that you, know, that you can read over and over in many, many kind of success, um, self-help kind of books. What do successful leaders do? So I have not invented this. I've just implemented these things and implemented them in for what's good for me. And it's my morning routine. It's my daily routine. And I get up early and I am not a morning person. So I had to train myself to do this. But I do get up about 
five o'clock in the morning. And I have my two glasses of water and my coffee with my MCT oil to stir up my brain and get it going. But then I, I review my plan for that day. And what I'm going to do for that day, what are the top three things that I need to do that day that if I just got those three things done every single day, I will be on my way to my goal. And that gets you back to reading your goals on a daily basis. And you could say, you know, it is the end of the year or before and I want to make X number of dollars or more. That's great. Then you have to backtrack. How are you going to do that? What do you need to do? Where do you have to be at six months? At the first end of the first quarter, at the end of the first month, what about the weekly? And then you go into what do I need to do daily that if I did something daily, this thing, I will reach that financial goal. And you do that with your maybe your top three goals every single quarter. And by the end of the year, you'll have reached probably most of those those goals. So I review my goals, plan my day. I uh, read something, read about five, 10 pages in the morning and the same thing at night, something positive. I'm a doctor, so I'm dealing with patients and pain. They come in with a negative attitude, you know, not being negative, but they're in pain. That's a negative feeling, an emotion that you want to get them feeling better. And the same thing with your staff. It's Monday morning. People come in with, you know, the weekend, you know, the Monday blues, and you, your job as the owner, the leader, is to get them all revved up and excited for the day. But that's not going to happen if you're not feeling good. So you have to keep on feeding constantly good pieces of material into your brain. And then I have these affirmations, which are like, no, like, oh, I'm such a great person and people love me, you know, God darn it. You know, nothing like that. It's just like, you know what? Things come easy to me. And, you know, Rem, I... That's something I told you about a long time ago because a lot of, there are a lot of tasks that you want to do and you go, oh, that's going to take a long time and that might be difficult. And then when you finally sit down and do something and do that task, it's like it took you 20 minutes and like you kick yourself. Why did I wait so long to do this? And that's because you thought it was going to be difficult. So I had this affirmation, things come easy to me. I'm going to have a great day. I can handle anything that comes my way. So turn things like that, that your subconscious mind actually hears. And when a situation will happen, it's sort of your subconscious mind's talking to you and going, you can handle that. No problem. And, uh, or you're going to think about it, you know, instead of react, you're thinking and then acting. And, but that comes from planning first. So I'm constantly planning and that's, and that's, I think is my secret. If you want to call it a secret weapon. Well, you know, and I've seen you do it. For instance, that time that you shared with me, and I, we were talking about a project, and I'm like, ah, this, is, this is a lot of work or whatever. And you said, you know, I say every day, I say things come easy to me. And I adopted that that day, and I have never, ever let that go. In fact, it's such a part of who I am now. For Christmas one year, my daughter Annie gave me a whole bunch of pencils, and on every pencil it says, Things come easy to me. I actually gave you one of those pencils and some other folks. Yes. Yeah. You know, the other thing I'll tell you about Peter with this, this is the kind of answer I expected from him, but that's at least two years ago now, maybe longer. It, time goes by so fast. I just sometimes can't even keep track of how long, but I was at your, your, uh, your home in New Jersey 
And Diane and I were staying over with you and you were kind enough to give us the master bedroom so we'd be comfortable. And on the wall of that bedroom, Peter's vision board was up there and, you know, it was all laid out and um, all the things that he was visualizing and affirming and working towards. And am I allowed to share the the one thing that was on there? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Thank you. So I was looking at it and, you know, and there was, there was all the, you know, the business things, uh, top practices, you know, the, the becoming an author, all those things were on his vision board, but there was also, there was a picture, a photograph of a woman that was who he was looking for. He was looking to find her. Now it was just a representative. There wasn't an actual, I don't know. It was, was a picture of a woman, Peter. No, it's just a description of a woman. Not, not that's what it was. Yeah, let me take that back because I, you know, I, I, I have these memories of these things. You might have had that head, picture but... in your mind, but I, you can share that with me yeah. later. <laughs> well, any picture I had did not did, did not compare to the reality. But so there was a description of who he was looking for as his life partner, not a picture. And then she arrived, and I just I've always thought so much about that because at that time that was just faith in the universe in himself, and that you know that you know I'm prepared for this will enter my life. And when it did, you were able to recognize it. And now, of course, her name's Jamie. You've always done this. And uh, so that's something I admire, the bias towards action and this this literal discipline and focus and truly living goals, really living goals. I mean, I tell the story in my book that when I was in, we were in Columbus, Ohio, you're at a seminar and I was teaching marketing for podiatrists. And I asked at that time, it wasn't just marketing because I can never just do a marketing talk. We got to do a mindset involved at all because that's actually the important part. Who in the room has written down their goals? You and two other people raised their hands. And then Peter reached into the breast pocket of the coat that he was wearing, his sport jacket, and pulled it out in a very nice little holder that you had from, I would imagine, Covey or one of those uh, Franklin Planner back in those days. Yes. Yep you had it and there they were. And I thought, wow, this guy's, this guy's got his act together. Uh, and the thing I loved about Peter was he could have taught that class that day. And, you know, he didn't, he came up to me afterwards and talked about how much he enjoyed it and how much this is something he wants to do and how he wants to help others and, and teach these sorts of things. And he, he, he didn't have to tell me or show off. He was so confident. All he wanted to do was learn. And he's like, here's another guy I can learn from. This would be great. And that was when I realized the quality of the person that you are and how, you know, through every one of us has these, has the story. Every one of us has the challenges and the adversity that we have to face. And it's what we create from that. And it creates who we are. And you stay focused no matter what your current circumstances are. So Peter, the people listening to this podcast are interested in achieving really, I think their own version of prosperity. What advice could you give people? I think you used the exact word just now, and that is to focus. A focus on what? You mentioned a few things in the last few minutes. One, my vision board. What a vision board does is gives you clarity of what you really want in your life. When your brain is confused, it, it doesn't really know what to look for. Your subconscious mind is, is trying to make your life a great life. But if you feed it negative stuff, it's going to find the negativity. And it's it's going to say, see, I told you so. You're right. 
money's not a good thing. You know, money's only is money does bad things. And there's some people have a problem with money, but if it's used wisely, it's a great thing. And so it's what you feed into your brain. And so it starts with clarity. And when you have clarity, you have something to focus on. You have something to focus on. You can write down the items you need to do on a daily basis. And no matter how tired, it's how I got my book done. No matter how tired you are, at the end of the day, you make sure you get those top two or three things done for that day. If you can do that, if you have the discipline to do so, and this is what I fight, discipline. Successful people have clarity, they focus, and they are disciplined in knowing that if they do these things, they will have the life of their dreams, which is prosperity. I love it. Okay, ask everybody this because it's a fun question. Peter, if you were a toy, any toy at all, what would it be and why? Well, I, I thought about this, and um, the thing that came in my mind is uh, GI Joe, and and the reason is because not because I'm uh, I'm not big into war, and I never actually I actually never shot a gun in my life. Growing up in New York City, you know, it's something we didn't do. Darts, we had a few darts, you know, but not guns. But because GI Joe is a leader, okay, and GI Joe dated Barbie a little bit from what I understand. So the combination <laughs> of the two. <laughs> I think that's a rumor. <laughs> so <laughs> I love it. I, I didn't mean to interrupt you. I'm sorry. That's okay. That's that those are my reasons, you know? Yeah, Joe. Oh, I love that. That's great. That's super. <laughs> okay. And one last question. Cause you know, you know as well as I do, the way to really get the the great ideas from any time in in our history is through reading. Mm. And by the way, when I say reading, you can you can listen to a book. It's the same as read a book. It doesn't matter how you in how you uh, get the information. But can you recommend like one really great book we should all be reading? There's so many. The thing that comes to my mind is uh I think it's Gary Keller's The One Thing. How come? Because the one thing, <laughs> it's it's the one thing that you need to do, that if you do it, everything else falls in place, and but you have to know the one thing. And so every and that one thing changes. Like we have weekly meetings at my office, and we have if you look, we, everybody has a graph and a statistic, and they explain why their numbers went up. So if you're the person working at the front desk, job is to keep your appointment booked full with productive patients, then their graph is the total number of visits that the practice had for the week. And then if the number goes down, why? If the number goes up, she tells me why. And then that, you know, if you look at everything, and then you have the new patient numbers, you have all these numbers, but it's that one number. And it's a lot of times, in our case, the new patient number. If you have more new patients, your, your production will go up, your collections will go up, your visits will go up. Your per visit revenue will go up. So it's the one thing that you need to focus on. If you focus on your marketing and your um, new patient numbers and your recall numbers, getting patients back to your practice and giving them a great experience who refer other people, everything else falls in place. So it's the one thing that you need to focus on. 
I love that book. And that book talks about setting goals to the now. You know, if it has to be ready in five years, when do you, where does it have to be in three years? Where does it have to be in one year? Where does it have to be in six months, three months, one month, next week, tomorrow, now? Very, very powerful, very powerful book. Really talks about time blocking too, which is the single most success related strategy that there absolutely, absolutely. is and ties into this concept of prosperity. Yep. Well, Peter, hey, thank you for taking the time out. I know you've got a lot going on. Certainly we all do at this time, but I really appreciate it. And I love spending the time with you. Thanks a lot, buddy. Same here. My pleasure. And thank you. All right, everybody. Talk to you next time. Well, that folks is my friend, mentor and coach, Dr. Peter Wishney. You can get more information from Peter at the Top Practices website. And you can pick up his book, The Podiatry Business Solution on Amazon. It is a great business book for any professional, not just podiatrists or even just doctors. Prosperity for me is living today, for today, serving others, and creating wealth of all kinds for myself and anyone I can influence. Let me know what you think. You can send me an email at remittoppractices.com. Prosperity is the entire focus of top practices, and most doctors are struggling with the business of medicine, and those that aren't truly understand that through association with other successful practitioners, they can take their success to the next level or something greater, like prosperity. Prosperity in business is a function of mindset, marketing, and management. That is our mission at Top Practices. And you can find out more about Top Practices, our marketing and management programs for doctors, our workshops, and annual summit at toppractices.com. Until next time, this is Rem Jackson. Smile when you wake up and then have a great day. Nothing is more important.